and welcome to episode 21 of Talking Trots, of course the podcast looking back at the week's developments from Bolton Wanderers from the point of view of a few other Bolton Wanderers fans and that's all lot. We've got me, Jim Bailey, we've got Danny Rowe, we've got Chris Ider and of course we've got Anthony Bonney and we are joined by a special guest this week. We've got a special guest? F- oh I very wow. special guest on the phone line. Why? Oh, well it's only the voice of Bolton Wanderers, Chris Price. How do? Yeah, all right Chris? All right. Yes, sound as a pound, I'm just waiting outside a fire training centre, waiting for my eldest lad to get out of his Cub Scouts fire training, so uh, not a, a bad little way to fill up for 15, 20 minutes, is it? <laughs> no, it's true that, not. True that. <laughs> we better make the most of the time we've yeah. got Chris on before well, everyone comes out of the, the fire thing and you've, uh, he's got to crack on with well, real life, innit? <laughs> 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 so, so we might as well crack on, and we'll, we'll have to start on the, the sour notes, of mm. course. Of uh, the 1 0 home loss to Plymouth Argyle in the first round of the FA Cup. Callum McFadzian with the only goal after 11 minutes to send Whites out in the first round. It's the first time we've been eliminated in the first round since 1989, although it's a slightly misleading stat because we didn't actually play in the first round for a lot of those years. Yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah, well, obviously, Chris, you were at the game because you were doing the commentary for Bolton FM. It didn't sound like the most exciting of times. No, I mean, it, it petered out second half, really. I thought that the first half was all right. You know, it, it was it was end-to-end. Both sides had a go. I mean, it's, I'm in a bit of a weird position, really, because having watched Bolton for probably, you know, sort of like the last, you know, five, six years, you know, the, the football for, for the Phil Parkinson era, even though, you know, like we've had some memorable occasions, was pretty dire overall. He had, like, maybe the odd few games where it, where it was all right, but overall it was it was, it was was pretty poor fur and... and you know, sort of going back to the dark ages, if you like, of playing football. Whereas, obviously, Keith Hill and Dave Flickcroft, they brought in this style of football that even if you're getting beat, it's pleasing on the eye. You know, it's passing the ball out wide, it's getting it to your wing, getting crosses in the boxes, and, it, and it's trying to be creative. Whereas, and, and you can, you know, even if you get the odd rye result going your way, you can forgive it because it's not bad to watch. And even though, you know, like I say, it wasn't the, the greatest of games where you can pinpoint, you know, shed loads of chances. It wasn't the worst game in the world that I've ever seen, you know. So it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's like you say, it's a bit sweet and sour in a way. You know, it wasn't bad to watch, but obviously the result we didn't get, so we're out of the cup. Yeah, disappointing, because we all would have liked a bit of a cup run. Everyone loves mm-hmm. a cup run, don't they? Well, we can have one, can't we, in the, in the uh, what is it, the checker trade or what, what, whatever Leasing. we call it. Leasing.com, Jim's favourite trophy. Oh, honestly. Yeah, we're, we're through to the next round of that. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, well, I've had quite a... Ver- yeah, a good draw in that. You know, we can still go to Wembley, you know. That's 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 not out of the question Well, yet, that's so. true. And as we said, well, I've, as I've said quite a lot on this podcast, we'll slag it off as a really stupid competition up until the point where we're in the final. And then it's the greatest competition of all time and we're going to win it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll just slag it off, we won't. Well, you won't. You, well, yeah, because... Well, it, you what, when, when, you're going, when you're going on Bolton FM's expenses on an all-expenses-paid all trip to Wembley, you won't be calling it a rubbish. That's the one, that's the one. He knows. Where do I sign up for this? <laughs> Call a commentator, Danny. Here. Sorry, mate, I beat you to it. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'll still be there. <laughs> well, we'll find a way, we'll find a way. You've got a curse, actually. Are we sure we're going to let you go? I know, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Come on! To be perfectly honest, if we're going to go to Wembley, the curse will probably have to be be lifted at some point. That's a good point. True, (laughs) true. The third Wanderers game I've been to, I think I've seen one goal, and like you said, unfortunately, a couple of defeats, but... Like I say, it's it's bittersweet because even though the results aren't going our way, it's just good to see the lads playing good football. You know, we've... Full backs that like to get forward and, and 
like I say, get crosses in the box and, and, and exciting wingers. I mean, the, 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 the lad Dodu that they brought in, he looks the business in. You know, give him a few weeks to, to get prepped and to get, get up to speed with things and, and he'll be a player and a half. And, you know, you'll, you've got goals there from Daryl Murphy. You've got, you know, Ali Crawford, who's quickly becoming, you know, a, a, a real top set piece merchant and, and probably going to be a fan favourite down the line. And the, I mean, the two, the, the centre hours we've got, I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough of, of the lad Zuma. I think he's been absolutely wonderful. And the pace of the lad, dear me. And, and the likes of Adam Senior and, and, and when Jacobs comes back in, he's looking all right. You know, he's, he's, like I said, the results aren't brilliant at the minute. I'll say they're not brilliant at the minute. It's the first defeat in four, so they're not that bad. But, yeah, hopefully my curse will be broken sooner rather than later so I can start getting the best of every world, you know what I mean? Yeah, too right. And I, honestly, I've got to say, the look on Danny's face there <laughs> when you praise Zuma, yeah. this man has been Zuma's most dedicated fan 100%. since we started this 100%. podcast. Yeah. I've got an eye for talent, that's what it is. I've got him that, lad. He can, he can shift. Eye for talent. You, if, you've got, if you've got pace at this level... It's very I mean, helpful, you know isn't what, it? If you've got yeah. pace at any level, that, that's the difference, you know what I mean? If, if you're going to be successful... At any level of football, you've got to have pace in the side, and that's from back to front. And you know, with that lad in the side and, and playing as he is, if he can have a good solid season where he doesn't miss too many games, that they've, they've, they've got a good chance of staying up, Wanderers. And like you say, having hopefully a good cup run in the whatever the leasing, this, that, and the other cup. <laughs> Well, Changes his name every year. I know, you'll right. spend all year learning it, Chris, and then yeah, the, next the year it'll be something new. Trophy or something like that, whatever it Boo. was. Boo.com, yeah. that's what we're all Yeah, Boo.com. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it, I. Yeah, see? Yeah. With Zuma, though, it does seem, though, he, with him being such a young lad, there seems to be, when he's got a more experienced centre-back alongside him, his performance steps up so much because he's got someone there to help him with the kind of organisation and when to, when to come and when to go and, and all that jazz. It's all babysitting. It's something that if a lot of people, and then for those you know that might not watch you know Wanderers every week and maybe just you know sort of pass an eye on other football clubs, if you look at Paul Pogba when he signed for Manchester United, Paul Pogba's been asked to do an awful lot of things now that he's never been asked to do before. And the reason being, when he was at Juventus and how he, how he was such a good player at Juventus is because I could be a brilliant player at Juventus if I've got Andre Perlo mopping up my rubbish behind me. You know what I mean? And that's, that's exactly point. why Paul Pogba was such a good player at Juventus. It's the same with Kurt Zuma. Or with, with, sorry, with Johan Zuma, I beg your pardon. If he's got Jacobs next to him, Jacobs has been there, done that, bought 25 different T-shirts. I dare say that he probably knows every blade of grass around the Championship League one or wherever he's been. So if you've got him next to him mopping up your, your bits and pieces, how can you not be successful? Because then you can play at your natural game, Play what you see, obviously. Listen to the more experienced lad next year, and, and, and you'll be a good player. And, and hopefully, the more that he learns going forward, you know, year on year, the more that then he'll become the leader and he'll, he'll become a top player. You, you can see him playing Premier League football already just for the sheer fact that he's got amazing pace as a centre half. And I think, give him a few years, you know, he could very well be a player that was, set, that was, was selling on for a lot of money potentially. What do you make of Valinden not being included, by the way? Jumping back to the, the FA Cup game, what did you make of that? Stoke not wanting to play, looking maybe like they might not be letting us keep him for longer in January? Well, Stoke are struggling, aren't they? And they've gone through a change of management as well, which is obviously... But I think that, that was the big thing more than anything. It's, it's the change of management. When Nathan Jones was, was there, he obviously he, he wasn't bothered about... Valinden and, and, and having him available. He was quite happy for him to go out on loan. 
It might be the same under Michael O'Neill, but the fact is Michael O'Neill's probably going to want to have a look at him first yeah. before he actually, you know, makes a makes a decision on him. So, you know, to have him have him, you know, sort of cup tied, you know, to another club didn't really make any sense from a Stoke point of view. So you can understand it. Obviously everything with Stoke happened quite late last week, so I dare say all the calls that were that were made by the club happened late last week. So it's an unfortunate situation but one that that, that can't really be helped and, and you can't really blame the parent club for doing that, really, with uh, with what's going on there at the moment. Yeah, true. But, as you said, we do have the chance of the, the run in the Leasing.com trophy. Now, from the teams that are left in it, we will be getting one of the group winners. We've got Accrington Stanley, Blackpool, Everton's under-21s, Leicester City's <coughs> under-21s, Manchester United's under-21s, that'll be an interesting one, and Port Vale and Salford. Who, who would we all fancy, really, for well, that, that punch? Game. They are all going to be away games, yeah. I'd yeah, say so. Port Vale would be a nice one. Obviously, they're a side struggling in league two. You, 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 like I said, from here on in, I think what, what is a, I think there's this round. What, what, how, many, how many are left in it? Is it around a 32, then around a 16, and the quarter-finals? Yeah, well, that's the thing, Chris. It's still regionalised yes. up until the final itself. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you've got your northern so final. You've got, you've got, yeah, technically, you've got this next round. Like I said, then the Northern quarter-final, then the Northern semi-final, then the Northern final, and then the final itself, then haven't you, if that's the case. So, yeah, I mean, low as possible. You know, Port Vale, I'd be quite happy with somebody like an Accrington Stanley Mm. or a Blackpool or just somebody around us. Yeah, you know, somebody that's not going to cause us too much of a problem and... You know, like you say, the, the, the deeper down the competition you get, you're going to get the better sides, aren't you? And, you know, I, I just thought, I, I mean, I, I don't get it why these under-23s have to compete at this level. I, I think it's an absolute complete waste of time. Yeah, that, that's um, mainly why we've been so sour on it, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah, it was a good competition up until that, you know. I think it was it was a competition where it, it gave the, 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 the two sort of lowest tiers in the league, you know, a chance for, for, for a couple of sides to get to Wembley and yeah. and have a have a good good cup day out and all that type of thing. You know, see so you couldn't really argue with that. But to bring these under twenty ones teams in and basically have all of these players coming in and, and, and you know, just it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, if you if you want to get them experience send them out on loan. Put them in the first yeah. team, you know, don't don't have them playing for an under twenty there's no there's no benefit to it, I don't think. And I think most of the actual managers have said that. You know, it's just another fixture that doesn't do them any good. So yeah, and up yeah, and down the country. It is what it is, it? and we have to go through what we have to go through. But I'll take Man United under twenty ones in the final any day. You know, yeah, too right. At least the Northern final. <laughs> yeah. And then of it, we'll, we'll take Chelsea or Arsenal or Spurs under twenty threes or whatever in the final at Wembley. Yeah, and with the with, with the under twenty one sides being involved, there has been kind of a kickback and a reaction from fans up and down the country. In fact, Bolton. <laughs> when you look at the games, tend to have the highest attendance in the competition because a lot of other fans are deliberately boycotting the games, which isn't helping yeah, well, the clubs I mean, it's, itself. Yeah, I mean it's not surprising, you know. It's like you say, it's the worst competition in the world up until you get to a point where you think, oh, actually, we could have a day out at Wembley. Here. Yeah. So you know, for these early rounds, you you, you don't really expect a lot of folks to turn up. I know. I remember it, you know a couple of years ago when we were in it first time. Yeah. And you'd be getting gates like. 500 or something daft like that. It was embarrassing, really. Yeah, I mean, it would be thought then that it wouldn't, it wouldn't last, and it kind of has. Moving them to the Lanks FA or something like that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, there was no point opening, you know, someone like the Macron. I think they had a bigger. What was that German side that come in in their off season to have that friendly with us, and they bought about two thousand over and. Even with Lock Gates, then there was more there for any one checker trade trophy game that we never had <laughs> like that. So that just shows how how much contempt this competition is holding now with, with the way that it's gone. Couldn't yeah. have said it better myself. Honestly, um, I was trying to think then of who that team was. I know it was five years ago, but you still see it now and again on that Twitter site, Football Away Days, yeah. just of all yeah. those fans. And it was in one little clump in the away stand as mm. well. I, yeah, I the the floors and everything. They, 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 closed, they closed the gates for every Bolton Wanderers fan, and yet there were 2,000 Germans. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I'm like, what's all this about? <laughs> Hey, what's it? Can't, can't, can't be having that. You know, we, we can't get in on our own doorstep. A <laughs> couple of thousand miles, and all of a sudden it's come on in. If we revert back to the issue right now of Bolton being out of the FA Cup, sorry to bring that up once again, but there is something going on right now in that Bolton have a bit of a free date on the 30th of November. Now, it could prove to be a time to try and get in a league fixture, but they've got matches with Doncaster Rovers and Lincoln still to be played now who here would be up for the idea of Bolton playing a league fixture that day in the event that either Lincoln or Donny get knocked out in the replays that they got next week that works surely makes, sense. makes perfect sense if neither mm. team's got a game it does for me it's, it's the perfect opportunity to, to slip one in and have it. It's better than doing it as a midweek fixture when oh, yeah. Bolton I don't know if there'd be very keen on travelling down to Lincoln on a no, Tuesday no. night. I mean, it's not well, that. Was, that was a different, I suppose, a different kettle of fish because it was a proper postponement because of the weather. Mm. Nothing we could do about it. I don't think we can throw our weight around too much with the other one. If they say you're playing it at this point, we're playing it at that point, and we can't really argue. But well, with, the, with the actual weather postponement, yeah, whenever is most convenient for both teams, really. And it, and I can't see midweek being free date, lads. So it's so for instruction. The thing with the free date. I mean, yeah, fair enough. It's a chance to, you know, get a get a fixture in. But one one point I actually made to Jason Low after the game on on Saturday was that potentially with that free date now you can actually catch up on the rest of the league basically because don't forget Bolt Wanderers missed their entire pre-season pretty much because of what That's went true. on obviously mm. with with the two in and throwing. So actually not having a fixture on that weekend might not be the worst thing because it'll mean that at least they can get some work done on the training paddock. They can get a bit of, bit of bonding time together with some of the new, new players that they've got. And it, it basically, you know, when everybody else is having to prep for games and having to prep for the, the, the usual weekend, they could almost use it as a little mini pre-season in many respects and catch up on what they've already lost out on. And that might do them good in the long run, you know. Mm. That's not a bad Can't point, actually. It's, it's never never bad to have that little bit of a, a respite from playing the competitive games. And obviously, training is always going to take a bit of a toll on the body. But I'm assuming that the, the full-on rigours of the professional game are going to be a little bit more strenuous, or at least you'd imagine so. And uh, so a week off from that probably won't be a bad show as well. Absolutely. And like you say, it's just, it gets, gets that little bit more work done behind the scenes that, that everything got missed at the start of the season. So, like you say, it's playing that bit of catch-up that if, if you can get a bit closer to the other teams around you, it gives you that bit a bit better chance going forward. 
That's possible, but if we if we win against MK Dons and then we beat Accrington Stanley, that game then is a break. If you're on a run, it, it could all halt that as well, mm. so you've yeah, got to look can, at it yeah. 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 two fixtures yeah. as well beforehand. Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? You might have that momentum going in, but we don't get positive results, then it might be nice to have a uh, yeah, break drag and them back and, and yeah. Yeah, do that yeah. So it just depends on those two results, really, then, doesn't it? Mm. More don't, than don't forget in the Accrington-Stanley game, I'm doing it, so we'll probably get beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going... If the curse is still there, then don't worry about that. We'll, we'll get beat at Stanley and then we can go in... I'll, 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 I'll come and take over in the commentary <laughs> box from you at Stanley. We'll have Joe Mills on standby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We'll just do one final part about the Plymouth match and the... Well, the sad bit about Connor Hall potentially facing another spell on the sidelines. Yeah, hamstring job. Yeah. Yeah. Disappointing for him. Only, only managed, what, 19 minutes? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... Connor Hall, he was supposed to be the main man, wasn't he? To come in and be the top striker. Then he just was that injury that rules him out for a couple of months alongside Josh Earl, who... Well, Earl, he's continued to, to contribute to the Bolton team, so good for him in a sense. But for Conor Earl, now that he's, he is, it's that thing, the longer you're on the sidelines, the further down the pecking order you are. Because who's ahead of him right now? Joe Doddu. Go Grady. Yeah. Murphy. Yeah. Anyone else that wants to step I mean, up? Yeah. I mean, it depends on, obviously, how long he takes to recover. I mean, we don't know about an hamstring injury it is. I mean... It was back in the day when a, a torn hamstring used to mean your season. Whereas now, obviously, you know, you can be probably out on the shelf for a, a month or two months, depending on how bad it is. And, you know, they can, with physio and, and, a, and a, a bit of bit of treatment, you know, you can get back on, on your feet within a, a month or so. So, but it's still yeah, looking very for much depends coach, on how long he's out for. I mean, he won't be forgotten because, like you say, he's, he's, he's kind of, he's almost the fan's choice, isn't he? I think after that season he had in the reserves, He's the one that everybody wants to see come in this league and be given a proper go. I mean, that's the sad thing about it, isn't it? I mean, even to this date with everything that's gone on and all that he achieved in the reserves, and he he can't do anything anywhere else. You know, he went on loan and had a a decent spell at Accrington Stanley without putting it away too often. But the lad needs education at first-team football, and if you're not going to get it here, then where on earth are you going to get it? Yes, that's a very good point. Oh, yeah. I was I was just mentioning before when you said about fitness and getting back after a month. We just lost our fitness coach. He's gone up, met up with Parky at Sunderland. We're still looking to want yeah. to fill that void. So while that, while there's nobody there, it may even take even longer. I mean, to be fair, there will be a bit of a team that that will look after him. I mean, you know, Keith Hill and and, and Dave Flickcroft. You know, they're no strangers to playing football themselves. So they'll they'll know how, how to recover from hamstring injuries. And you know, they've worked with some really good people in the past. So they, they'll be all right. You know, they'll. It's you know if we, we Nick Allen be going, it's obviously a blow. But you know there'll, there'll be people in the background there that'll that'll know how to how to treat. And there is a team of physiotherapists and and whatnot at Bolt Wanderers. So you know just because Nick's gone doesn't mean that he'll get the wrong type of treatment. Do you not feel like it'd be a great opportunity to use some of the students at the University of Bolton? Since that obviously we're so yeah, closely we've got connected. That, that sports science link there, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, but don't forget the students. That's true, yeah. I understand that. You but... know what I mean? I'm, I'm, <laughs> as much as, like you say, you want to give the kids the go, it's, it's like, you, you, where do you draw the line? You know, are you going to let a, a, a potential star striker loose on a, on a group of a class full of students that might not, you know, as of yet, know what they're doing? You know, they've got to learn the ropes themselves, don't they? And, you know, I wouldn't want a student doing the commentary for Bolton Wanderers, put it that way. I'd want him to learn non-league or something like that before they come up and did it at my level. So, 
that's that's the thing. You've got you know they're they're still learning. So the facilities might be a use. You know, there's no doubt about that. They've obviously got some good facilities, but yeah, probably wouldn't wouldn't be bringing anybody in at that level just yet. I think you might need somebody a little a little bit more experienced. Aye, maybe, maybe. All right, so we will mooch on to the ladies who have won 3 0 at home to Bradford City. It was switched to the Lee Sports Village, so the, the game could be played, played on, 3G. on 3G because as we know, they've been playing it down at Allerton's ground yeah. and it's been, well, I think the reason, rained off consistently. I, I was going to say, I think the reason why the match was moved to 3G was. Atherton, the day before, were due to have a precautionary pitch inspection for their FA Trophy match against Morpeth Town. And in the event, the match went in and they won 2-1, so that's uh, sorted out. But just in case the match didn't go ahead, I think they weren't keen on the idea of the ladies playing on a Sunday and then having them having to go two days later to play this fixture. That could have been a decent little money spinner for them, but it's a null and void point because they ended up getting the match to go ahead anyway. Yeah. And even better for the ladies, as you say, a 3-0 victory. Yeah, and it seems that we've been constantly, for the past few weeks, every time we bring the ladies up, they seem to have lost. And thankfully this time we've got a nice positive result to talk about. Well, didn't Chris Knight say that he wanted to see a reaction after that awful defeat they suffered against Newcastle the week before? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, this definitely. is exactly what he's got. It is. Jess Battle of the goal, Saffron Newhouse and Emma Lyons as well. And goalkeeper Jen Myler made some important saves in the second half and that guaranteed that clean sheet performance. That's something that's very pleasing. And this is something that I've not seen enough in the Men's Premier League this season. Teams keeping clean sheets. All right, Liverpool, top of the table, nine points clear. Where are your clean sheets to back them up? That could become important in the second half of the campaign. <laughs> I'm just saying. You have not just... Battered Liverpool, the best team in Europe, the best team in the country, and because they concede a couple of goals here and there, you're absolutely hammering them for it, and you're not seeing. How unbelievable! Well, they need to take a, a leaf out of our ladies' book, don't they? Subs- you need to get a Sky subscription and watch some of that play. I've watched them against Man City. It was like watching Harlem Globetrotters. I could get, I could get Harlem in and he's, he'll have a different opinion on how, oh, how that yeah, game yeah, went. Let's keep Harlem in Manchester oh, City. Anthony, do you want to chirp up at this point? No, yeah, you're a City I'm fan. Not, I'm not fighting with Chris Price. No. <laughs> you don't want to fight. He's a City fan, you see. He wants to sit quiet. Oh, no. Yeah, well, you know, you know what, honestly, I mean, but you can say that about City as well. I mean, even throughout when they were brilliant last year, there was still a goal conceded here and there. And, and you know what? As, for as much as you can sort of say, oh, you know, you want to see clean sheets and this standing there. First and foremost, you want to see great football. And every team in the Premier League near enough wants to play great football. And when you get to the level that the vast majority of teams at that level get, you're going to get goals and you're going you're gonna to put it in the net. And not everybody can keep clean sheets. There's not really a side. If you, you look at the whole Premier League, there's not a side really that prides itself on how good it's defending is. But they can all attack, they all play great football, and they all go forward superbly. That, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. And you know what? I wouldn't want it any other way. You can keep your clean sheets. I'm, I'm, I think it makes it more interesting, personally. Well, everyone loves a goal fest, don't they? <laughs> hey, yeah, Sheffield Jeff United are priding Jeff themselves on defending this season. <laughs> Oh, here we go. We're going to say, if it makes you feel better, Man City fan, you... you, you have I'm not a City fan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm far from a City fan. Far from a City fan. Far from a City fan. I'll tell you what, I love, I love the fact that everybody thinks Man City's in crisis. I'm thinking, <laughs> hearing me, 
Band City what, what, crisis. What were we saying the other week? How many billions though, they got <laughs> bouncing around in the bank? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Champions League football. I remember the days when they were comfortable. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember the days yeah, when Man City were messing about down in I the I remember Jamie Pollock scoring the greatest goal of all time. <laughs> Wasn't that on his debut as well? No, that was, that, 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 that was a crisis. Oh, yeah. I'm playing at Boston. Playing in Moss side when you when at the full time whistle you didn't know whether you'd have a wallet left into the game that was a crisis you know not this not this modern Man City that's played in a glorious stadium with a magnificent you know training base and all the rest of it go with it no no not buying that at all not buying it at all. Well, there you go. You heard it here first on Talking Trots. This podcast no definitely crisis. does take a few turns. Hey, well, it? that's all right. It's usually me taking the turns. I've got a week off. Chris can take the turns. It's fine. I'm just keeping an eye on the under-18s. Yeah, <coughs> as we are recording this, the under-18s are currently in action. Of course, they won't be currently in action by the time we're listening to it because it's pre-recorded. But we're up against Burton Albion and we are losing our time, sadly. You've given that to me because it's an outrageous name to pronounce. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Professional. You will... <laughs> Nirenda, I think that's quite good. Nirenda Nirenda scored just on the stroke of half time, and uh, yeah, sadly, Bolton Wanderers' youths are behind. Mm. Is that in the cup? That the youth FA Cup, the under 18s, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Lovely. It's all right, they've got another 45 minutes yeah. to get things sorted yeah. out. <laughs> if we revert back to the ladies' team. Yeah. Quite good that last night they announced another player to join the ranks. It's yet another FC United women's player the coming Hemorrhage in. Players. We're red in the squad. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, What's else? going on there? Well, to be honest, they won at the weekend, so they're doing something right yeah. up at Broadhurst Park, that's aren't true, they? That's true. But they ended up getting midfielder Shauna Dean into the... Sorry, Shauna Jean, Jean, I beg your pardon, into the ranks. So it's another midfielder for Bolton ladies to the, fit the, 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 We have to start... If, if we go to a women's game and she's playing, we have to sing Candle in the Wind. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> You're laughing at your children. <laughs> Someone's got it, <laughs> No one else is laughing at it. But yeah, it, it does look like it's going to be a decent signing, or at least we're hoping it's going to be a decent signing. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know much about Shauna Jean, so... It's all right. It's not, I know you look towards me whenever we come to the ladies' <laughs> stuff, but... Every time. I think we know more about Norma Jean than what we do about Shauna Jean. That's the yeah, one. Yeah. That's the one. You know? But yeah, it's yeah. always exciting to add new players to the to the roster, and yeah, hopefully... I'll tell you what we could do. We, we, we could nickname a Marilyn. How about that one? Give give her a decent nickname at the very least. We might not know a lot about her, but you know what? We can nickname her on this show. I'll, um, <laughs> I'll get in touch with my contact at FC United to see if we can get a bit more information about yeah, her. see if we get a bit more information. So we'll yeah. get in touch with Club and see if we can get Chris her. Chris is sending his scouts out. Spygate, Spygate. Bielsa. <laughs> yeah, but moving away from football, I mean, oh. we're going everywhere today. Mm. The University of Bolton Stadium is set to be used for a rugby league Ashes test between England and Australia on the 31st hey. of October. Are you going to commentate that one, Chris? <laughs> Mate, I'm going to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at some of the performances of them Great Britain lads oh. in New Zealand and Papua New Guinea at the minute. I think I've got a chance of turning up. I've what? certainly got a chance of coaching them. But no, I mean, that, that's brilliant, that. I love rugby league at that venue. You've mm. seen with the, uh, the double-headed semi-finals that they've had over the last couple of years that have been sellouts. And, you know, it's, it's, it's lovely and, and local for, for, you know, fans of, of the likes of Wigan and St. Helens and Lee. And Warrington. Rochdale, Swinton. All the, you know, it's a nice old central point for, for all of those fans to be able to 
converge on and get together without there being any, any you know, the, you know, like the, the petty controversy, you know, like if there's no Wigan fan that's ever going to go and pay money to sit in a selling stadium and yeah, yeah. vice versa and all that. So it's it's nice, you know, that we've, that we've got that venue for the first test and it should make for a great opening. Yeah, hopefully it should. Obviously, whenever rugby gets played at a football ground, the first thing all football fans start saying is, oh, is it going for a pitch? But I think you should be no, right. The best thing about it is you can bring beer into the stands. Mm. It's allowed. Well, there is that, Do you know yeah. what I saw? Because they've announced the other two tests. One's going to be played at Tottenham's ground. And I had oh, a look yeah, at yeah. the Makes Twitter sense. reaction to it and all sorts of people going, oh, it's going to ruin the pitch. And then say, why don't we just do what we normally do and swap the pitch NFL so. pitch yeah. that we're going yeah. Because that's obviously. I, mean, well, I, I, I will say this, lads. I mean, the, this debate. I mean, I, I got involved a bit in this debate. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Rochdale Hornets fan, so they've been sharing with Rochdale football for, for God knows how long. And there was actually a survey done many, many years ago in Doncaster when they first opened the Keepmore, and you know, the pitch was getting a bit, a bit boggy and a bit dirty and a bit ruined back, back when they first opened the Keepmore, and they were like, "Why is it happening?" They didn't have a clue why it was happening, and they thought it was the rugby. But the only real foot movements that rugby players make are kind of back and forth. You know, there's not really any kind of... Twisting and you know, turning so much as in the football game. You know what I mean? The, you, I mean, it's not like rugby union where you've got these scrums where you've got to put your studs right deep in the ground or anything. You know, for a rugby league game, they, they don't put the studs that deep in the ground. So it's not really that that ruins the pitch. What they actually found was it was the footballers who were, A, sliding in for all the slide tackles. Yeah which, you know, would, would kill big chunks of grass at any one time. And the, the studs as well, bladed studs were a massive no-no, and I think bladed studs are banned now, actually, in the professional game as a result. Also, with the way that they turn on a sixpence, I mean, literally, footballers have got to turn 360 degrees and go, you know, pretty much anywhere. If you have to do that on yeah, a on, on turf, the spot, you? you're going to rip the turf up. So it was actually the football more than anything that ruined the pitch. But because, obviously, rugby lads are big lads and, you know, they hit the ground hard and all the Everybody thought, oh, it's the rugby that's doing it. It's not the rugby that's doing it at all. It's the biggest crock and the biggest fallacy that there's ever been. Plus, as well, if you actually look at Bolton's pitch, it's a, it's a stitch pitch, isn't it? Yeah. It's a pitch that has stitching underneath it. Now, bear in mind that, I think, in the summer, they had, what, two concerts on there at the, at the, at the university? They did, yeah. I assume, yeah, they, had them, right. mix. I assume yeah. they had them big, them like um, them, black yeah. things, big black plastic things with holes in to, for everyone to stand yeah, on. Bit, bit, put, put it this way, there must have been about 10,000 people that were on the, were on the playing surface. Yeah, plus the stage. You know, and, and, and on that playing it. surface, well, even if it was covered, they were still standing on that playing surface, whether it had a covering or not. Now, when they took it all off, it was all kind of sandy. I mean, I think they actually cut the grass down anyway. But with these lamps now that we get, and if you've ever sort of been, you know... Yeah, if you ever walk past at night, you see them, yeah. Yeah, if you've ever been to a Bolton game before and, and you've sort of stayed behind after the game, they bring out these big, massive hydroponic lamps. And what that does is when the sun isn't shining, you shine them on the grass and it basically makes the grass grow. Photosynthesis, I think they call it. Now, if you do that throughout the course of a week, you're going to get the lushest surface you've ever had in your life. Plus, with the stitching under the pitch, it makes the grass stronger. Now, that costs around about half a million to a million pound a pitch. Plus, obviously, I think the lamps cost an awful lot of money. I'll tell you what, they're worth worth your weight in gold because, honestly, you don't notice the difference. You do not notice the difference. 
the technology involved at the top end of the game now for that sort of thing is amazing. And you, you didn't notice after last year's semis, did you? I don't no. think when you come back no, to the actually. first game of the season, you might have seen maybe a, a faint white line where the pitch was painted. Well, I never mind that because it always gives you a bit more of a an idea for offside calls and things like that when you've got the rugby well, lines. Well, yeah, on. maybe. But like really say, that, that, put it this way, that, the, the argument that rugby players ruin the pitch is a complete fallacy. With the modern technology that all these top football clubs have got these days, there's no chance of the pitch being damaged. And them that are still making the argument probably need to go and do a bit of research. And we've gone into a little bit of the science of football pitches there as well, which I think is probably a little bit more Radio yeah. 4. But hey, we brought, we're broadening our horizons here on Talking Trotters. Well, this, I like yeah, it. Hey, this is what you brought me on for. Letting the know, people we, know. We're, we're not <laughs> playing games now, are we? You know, we can stick around Bolton and not play games, so we can... We can we can educate, and that's what we're here for. That's the one. I, did, I genuinely didn't think that photosynthesis would ever come up on a football <laughs> podcast, but I, I'm, I genuinely think we've had a real reason to do it, and I like that. I'll tell you what, what's the hey, what's, what's <laughs> big word to come up on here? We'll be using words like haberdashery next. Oh, they'd like, like calm down. <laughs> yeah. I'm just um, Googling the meaning of that as we speak. I don't, you go, yeah, get your dictionary out. <laughs> Moving back into a bit of football, indeed, back to Bolton Wanderers. Former Wanderers players, including David Wheater, have now been paid all money's owed from the previous ownership, which is it's just well, it's just it nice. Means Clayton's to, paid his boots. Oh God, yeah, Clayton, Clayton also can buy his own. Getting, oh, and Chin can go out on on, on the lash. Well, I, that, I don't think that uh, David Wheater ever needs any encouragement to go out on the lash. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, yeah. player to him, but yeah, it means that uh, Clayton also can finally buy his boots. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, but yeah, no, it's good that we can. It's like drawing a line under yeah. what's come before and getting those last little bits paid off, and knowing that they're kind of gone and done. It's, it's just nice to know. It's just a, a little bit more of a weight off the shoulders and all that, isn't it? Yeah, well, the staff got paid last month as well, didn't yes. they? So that was another tick as well, done and dusted. So that was good. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that, that's you, you don't want that hanging over anybody's head, do you? You want. You want people paid for doing the job that they that they promised to do here, exactly. and you know they all did a job at the end of the day, didn't they? Whether it was it was good, bad, or indifferent, you know they were asked to do it. They did it to the to the best of their ability, or at least you know to the to the staff, to, to what the the coaching staff wanted them to do. And and it's great that now that you know that that chapter. I think as as now that everybody's been paid, and I think all the creditors have been paid as well, haven't they? I believe um, that is well the case. Yeah. Yeah, I think now everything's got. It's a blank sheet. Like I said, the the, the Anderson era is now officially over, isn't Way. it? You know, it's now, it's now, yeah, exactly. It's now done, and we don't have to. I mean, I dare say it'll probably come up, unfortunately, every mm. every blue moon. But we don't have to refer to that again because no. this is now officially a different club, and and it's going in the right direction. Thank goodness. What do you make of the new owners, Chris? I've messed them yet. They haven't bought me a pint or nothing. So, you know, I, I thought I might at least get a, a bit of cake or something when they brought the cake in, but, you know, I didn't get a piece of cake either. Not so. even a piece of cake. Oh. Outrage. Outrage. Yeah, what's all that about, you know? No, I've not met them yet, but, you know, I, I believe the, from, from the other staff that I've met them that they, they seem decent people. I think one of, one of the lads on the board is a massive Bolton fan and mm. yeah. only wants the best for the club. And you, you've got, I think, is it Sharon that was involved, or her dad was involved in Burnley years ago, and she mm. seems to yeah, know Yeah, that's right, Sharon doing. Britain, yeah. Yeah, they do, yeah. They, so, they you do know, look there's, like there's, footballing there's, people to me. They, they, they seem like people who uh, care about the, the football club side of things and aren't just looking to build a business or a revenue stream to pass it on for a quick book, which is yeah. kind of what Ken Anderson was looking to do. And if he'd have done, the thing is, if he'd have done it, and if he'd done it how he was originally planning to do it, nobody would have hated him because everyone would have been like, 
well done, you've saved the club, you've passed it on to someone with a bit more money, you've earned your profit, off you go, nice one, pal, and that's just not how it went. The, the problem is, from what I can see, I mean, th- this group of people have put their own money in, and they do the business thing of whereby they're quite happy to make a short-term loss for a long-term gain. Ken Anderson was never like that. Ken Anderson was always after the quick book. All Ken Anderson ever saw was potentially being one season away from the Premier League yeah. and getting 100 million quid under his belt. That's all he was ever interested in, and it was never, ever going to happen in a million years. When his money ran out, you know, he stripped everything down that he could, and, and, he, and he, he got what he wanted out of it, and unfortunately left a lot of horrible stuff in, in his work, but Thankfully, like you say, now that's all over. We don't have to talk about him anymore. And uh, we move on with much better people at the helm. Indeed, and hopefully that will be the last time you ever hear mm. Ken Anderson's name on this podcast. Although, like you say, you never know, do you? If we do, we're yeah. never the one never. that can't be named. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. We'll make him into our Voldemort. <laughs> 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 one thing that I want to squeeze in at the end, this past week, Tommy Banks, 90th birthday. Oh, uh, we got a message on Saturday, didn't we? We did. Happy birthday to Tommy Banks. I mean, I have no idea if he listens to Talking Trotters, but if you know Tommy Banks, let him know. We wish him an happy birthday, because always happy great to see you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Can we sing that? Is that yeah. copyright? Oh. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm only doing a little bit for the last, you know. Like, I don't think everybody wants to see us sing happy birthday. <laughs> um, what a legend. What an absolute yeah, legend. Absolutely. And, uh, what an innings as well, you know, to, to look after yourself in, in the manner that Tommy has and to... To see 90 years of age, you know, it's it quite good for 90. He's in fantastic shape. I tell you what, he, he could still play that lad. I tell you, looking at him, would have been better he, than he don't look a day over 60, and he could still lace up a pair of boots. So there's plenty of players that we, we've had on our books, and I think you could say he was, he'd have been better than in, in, in any position. Oh, no, yeah, in the past few years. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was. I'm just trying to remember who my nemesis was, who I hated when I was. Who always used to get in the side, but I, I never. Oh, I uh, didn't what get, was his name now? Oh, Gareth Farrelly for me used to wind me up. No, oh, I'm just trying to think who it was now. Well, I'll remember it on another show sometime. But yeah, I dare say that there's players that you know should have, uh, should you know, he, he could very easily replace in in a lot of ways. But you know, oh, he's yeah. great. It's great to see him turn ninety and. A genuine club legend having a big celebration as well. So good on you, Tommy lad. Yeah, spot on. And uh, like I say, look, like we're saying there, in pitched in paper, he looked absolutely in amazing shape for a fellow that's just turned ninety. If I look anything like, if I get to ninety, I'll be more than happy. If I look in that good shape, <laughs> I want no more than that. Mark. Hey, well, if I get to forty-five, <laughs> I'll be happy. <laughs> That'll be happy for me. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 30s now, so I'm just looking at my watch there. Like, you don't, like your watch tells you you're <laughs> like, how old you are. No, I don't know why. <laughs> freckles. <laughs> when are you going, Jim? End of June. <laughs> I hope not. Christ. <laughs> Oof, 33 and a bit. See you later. Oh. Yeah. Well, on that, yeah, uh, that sour note. <laughs> now, to be honest, we've still got one last thing to oh, wow. uh, try and uh, solve. Oh, and of course, the top... The, the, Trotter's teaser. Yeah. Easy for me to say. <laughs> now, Chris, know, Chris won't know what this is. That is true. What we do is we started off with a bit of a question of the week, didn't we? Yeah. Mm. And we'd ask people what they thought on a particular issue. And then, well, that just randomly got changed into <laughs> guest the mystery I just player. Deci- I just decided to change it. <laughs> <laughs> Danny just decided it was guest the mystery player now. So, yeah, let's have a see what people have mm. thrown up. Well, let's go through the clues first of all. Now, <coughs> this was set up by Anthony. Yep. 
Clue 1. This former Bolton player was born in Leeds in 1930. He excelled at both football and cricket and had trials for both sports at Bolton Wanderers and Yorkshire County Cricket Club in 1947. He joined Bolton and signed a full-time professional contract in October 1947 and he stayed at Burnham Park for 18 years. Now, one person got in touch on that first clue. It was Andrew Yates. He said Jimmy Armfield. It's a nice idea. I don't think it was the, sadly, no longer with the former Bolton manager, though. No, to be honest with you, this one, especially that first clue, and I don't want to be jumping ahead to further clues yet because we've not got there, but first clue, I was like, ooh. That's quite a good one. Yeah. I'm going to wee him in head scratch. <laughs> yeah. We move on into clue two we got right here. Although his career was interrupted by two years national service, he won an FA Cup winners medal in 1958 when Bolton defeated Manchester United 2-0. Get in. He made 483 league appearances and scored eight goals for the Mighty Whites and 518 in all league and cup games, mostly as a wing half before later playing as a centre-half and retiring in 1965, age 35. That's not a bad career, though. Now, a few more guesses still near. Uh, oh, Danny Pendlebury. Mm. No. It's a good try, Nat, uh, Danny, but it's not so Nat Lofthouse. No, I was quite quick to... Comment on that. Just, just with, with eight goals, I'm sure I've bagged a few more than eight. Peter Calvert, on the other hand, did. It looks like a bit more of a clear cut one. He went for Brian Edwards. Mm. So that seems quite promising. But we move on into clue three, which sadly uh, came on the clue. same day as the. Well, it came the day after the cup final loss. When he retired, he first joined Blackpool as assistant trainer coach before moving to Preston North End, first as coach and later first team manager. He moved to Plymouth Argyle as chief coach before becoming manager at Bradford City. Oh, a link to our opponents at the weekend as well. Yeah, in November <laughs> 1971. During his managerial time at Bradford, he won 56, drew 42 and lost 69 and had a win rate of 33.53% out of 167 games and he left in 1975, which that's is... Not a, that's not a bad run, Well, by really, today's it? standards, mm. that's a very good innings. 33.53% win rate. That's, that, mm. It's not the worst, is it? No. I have a bit of that. You, oh, and Paul Evans, uh, this must be... <laughs> <laughs> I knew this would get you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he guessed this last week as well, to be honest. <laughs> a bit of a trend, maybe. Have you got, have you got any ideas, Chris? I don't, actually. But I, I, to be honest, I just want to say Tony Kelly just to wind him up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's hope Tony Kelly's listening. Yeah, about the right buffet, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I've got to be honest, that's beyond me. That is going deep, deep, deep in the ball. Well, Paul Evans had a guess and said Amy Lesky. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't quite that old, I don't We had that as well last week. Yeah. He, loves it, he? he loves a bit of Big Emile. So, right. Yeah. Right, and he's going to get it right. <laughs> it was Brian Edwards. Ah, oh, Danny Calvert. Oh. Peter that, Calvert, yeah. I beg your pardon. Peter Correct. Calvert, well done. Yes. Well done, sir. Very good. Check that. Did we get uh, anything on Twitter? No. 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 <laughs> it was too hard for the no. Twitter crowd. To be fair, last week, only one person got it right with my uh, Hansi Algefrey. So, <laughs> I mean, that was a bit of an obscure one, but hey. So, as far as um, the trust tease goes, that's two for two. And no, I'm not doing the next one before you ask. I've done mine. So is the debate. It's your turn, Danny. It'll be my turn. I'll take. I'll take. Let's Chris what's on. I'll take. If if you're taking it over though, Danny, for this week, you've got to actually do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Settle down. Settle down. (laughs) We're all right, Chris. Don't worry. There's no microphone. All right. No, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'll I'll let you. I'll let you handle it. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't handle the fly, mate. 
really quick flies, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, lads, there's a game coming up. Yes, there is. Yes, there is indeed. Yeah, MK Dons. Uh, now, <laughs> are you alright, Danny? You died over there. She's the yeah. bee that's died in corner. Caught a fly um, me for up. Oh, there you go, he can handle them. Yeah, MK Dons. It's a, it's a big game for us. It's, we want to bounce back from being knocked out of the cup. We want to get a so win. So do the they. And it's also MK Dons, and nobody likes MK Dons. <laughs> and they've just lost the manager. Exactly. Why don't anybody like MK Dons? I don't well, know. Just because of how they came into existence, really. You know, we stole a football club. What's the matter with everyone? It's not like it's a big crime, is it? Hey, not only that, I remember going to Wimbledon years ago. It was an old. Well, well, yeah, hey, there is nobody, that. Nobody ever liked going to Wimbledon. Once they, once they got, got rid of, rid of what was it? Was it Plowland? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They because were basically for some polished well, reserves yeah. anyway. They were getting 7,000 in the Premier League. What use is that? At least... as well so, left. I was going to say, at least Sellers Park was used as a, a top-flight ground. That was something to yeah. take out of it, I suppose. I mean, you know, it was, like I said, you talk about bad pitches. I mean, God, they didn't half leave a bad pitch at Sellers after a couple of games of Premier League. Same rugby players. Well, they you did, know? Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, they, they were a bit more a rugby team than the football team at times, weren't they? Yeah, well, I'm going to yeah. say, there were, there were Vinnie Jones that was, was playing rugby half the time on that pitch. I think yeah. some of his career. So. Although, to be, to be fair to um, the, the MK Dodds people, I wouldn't have wanted to go and take on Vinnie Jones, so fair play. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what, you had Vinnie Jones playing rugby, John Fashionu doing gladiators, and yeah. I think you had pretty much half the rest of the squad just sitting there looking, what on earth are we doing here? <laughs> so... To be honest, like I said, just just get over it already. How long ago was it, by the way? Oh, All right, many, 15 many, years yeah, ago. Yeah, many moons ago, wasn't it, to be fair? <laughs> 15 years ago, 15 years ago. Get over did, it. And they did, actually, they, they did actually give the, uh, the, the the history back, didn't they? They, gave, they said that oh, AFC Wimbledon could have the Wimbledon history and it weren't part of the MK Dons canon anymore, I suppose. Mm. Well, there, there we go. Yeah, well, there we go. They're giving it back now, you know. That's more than the great train robber did, would not it? You know. <laughs> He robbed something. He never gave nothing back, did he? You know, so at least you've got your history back and and you've got your football club back and you're back in the same league. Oh, you were back in the same league. Are they in the same league again? They are. are they yeah. One? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're all good now. Let's let's let it lie. You know, I, I like going MK Dons. Stadium's lovely. The hotel on the side of it's wonderful. Hospitality's superb. Well, see, now, we, now um, we're getting down to the real reasons, aren't we? Hospitality's well, superb. Want, he, Chris won't be here. There's lots of people than at Wimbledon. I tell you that. You know, it's all the, don't forget all the nice people in Wimbledon go and only come out for sport in summer. And it's all the reprobates that come out during the rest of the year to watch the football. So, you know, it's much nicer company of people at MK Dons these days than what you used to get at Wimbledon. Yeah, well, they didn't get Sue Barker presenting the football team, did they? So... Fair enough. No, they didn't. No, they couldn't. They couldn't get in at, uh, at the tennis, so they come out for football. So they bought a season ticket at Wombles. So there we go. <laughs> Jim's got again. So <laughs> Wombles, absolutely love it. So yeah, MK Dons. What are we expecting, boys? A win. Got to bounce back, haven't they? They've got to go for a win. Well, I'm not doing the game, so they'll have a win. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the one. Jaws on it. It's Joe doing the game this week, so oh, he's he's, he's doing that. So he'll yeah, they'll, they'll win this week. I'm going to go for two 0 <laughs> 2 0, nice and nicely. Any, 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 any advance on that? I was watching a bit of bargain on that. Oh. I was going to say 3 0. 3 0. We've got 3 0. I've got 3. Yeah, 3 in the room. Well, it's. 3 1, 3 1, 3 1. 
2-1. It's the first league game under the new manager, isn't it? Yeah. The ma- he's he's only just retired himself as a player. Yeah, is it going to be one of those where they get a new manager lift or is it going to be one of those where things just continue as normal because that's just... Oh, you mean like Stoke Campbell at South End? Yeah, a bit like that. Or, you know, it, are we, it, very often though, a manager will come in and players will think, oh, I've got a chance of getting back in team here. I've got to keep me placing the side and there is that... Lifting performance just because someone who's walked through the door and they've got to prove themselves all over again. Well, we could do without that. They're aware though, aren't they? They're at home to us, so could go either way. Can I? I'm going for two one Bolton. I'm going three one Bolton. Three one Bolton. Three three nil over here. We've got a two nil. I'm going to have to put my neck on the line. <laughs> I'm going to say one. I'll drive him, isn't it? Play it safe. I'm going to go goal first. I'm going three two. Three two wide. What are Bolton going to score? They're going to score two, and then Bolton going to come back. I mean, that'd be great, wouldn't it? But, I mean, I don't care what order they go in, just as long as we come up with three points. That'd be a very <laughs> well, because happy. I hate it. Because when I'm sat there, especially when it's 3-2, even when we played at home the other week, like, when, when it gets too nervy at the end, you know. Oh, yeah. Especially when we're playing Fleetwood, it went, we were dominating 2-0 up and then they go and pull one back and you're like, no, 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 please don't. And then you're just waiting for that referee to blow the whistle. I don't like that, me. I, I, my heart doesn't cope with that. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God, your heart doesn't go. How the hell did you cope with Nottingham Forest two years ago? How are you still alive? Just me, I had a defibrillator on standby. Just, just don't you worry about what? it. What? What? Say that again. What did you have on standby? A defibrillator. I can't say the word, so you can take the mic all you want. <laughs> <laughs> I had a car battery next to me. Jumped out. <laughs> well, you're older than me. You probably will do. The technology of today does have a defibrillator. <laughs> I had to do. Hey, I had to do the last twenty minutes of that match with Emma Norris on piggybacking Ooh. me. She was that nervous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hey, we were Absolutely probably petrified. She was, and I had Paul Holiday like literally in front of me, trying to just hold on for dear life as if he was on a sinking ship. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Aaron Wilbraham <laughs> steps up, and I'm all all is right with the world. <laughs> I think I gained another level of fitness. It was like army camp carrying everybody on my shoulders. What? what? Never mind 2-0 up and wondering if you... Oh, 3-0 up and wondering if you're going to win 3-2. What's, me. what's your memorable game you've commentated on, Chris? I do remember uh, a game... Oh, I can't, I might, might have been when we were in League One, but you were commentating with Tony Kelly and you're trying to commentate what's going on in this match and just behind you, you've got Tony Kelly having a right ding-dong with the home fans because it was a away game. Oh, Port Vale. Port Vale, that was the one. Port Vale. Oh, they were having a right Honestly, right. Between him and McGinley, we nearly died. <laughs> right. Because what is it, it, it was a game before, we, we won 2-0, didn't we? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We 0-0 for ages and then Wheat scores the header. Which yeah, would he give it bigger or something? Bad. No, well, yeah, he was him and McGinley because obviously we're thinking that that's it. Because I think by that point, I think I can't remember who was who was either getting beat or drawing, and, and we were up at that point. We were, we were going to get promoted, and fans were on the pitch and everything. And bearing in mind we're in like the main stand at Port Vale, which surrounded by home fans, and Port Vale were going down on that day. McGinley and Kelly are giving it the big and going, "Yes, we're going up this Saturday," and all Port Vale fans are going, "Shut your mouth!" Everything this, that, and the other, and Tony and John are giving it back, and I'm right in the middle of this thing. Shut up, you absolute lemon! Just let us get out the ground, for God's sake! And as, as it turned out, literally, I mean, it, it went on right the way through at the end of the game until after the match. They had to get stewards in to protect us. <laughs> And I thought, Tony, what are you doing? He's like, don't worry, mate, don't force it all out. And I thought, oh, for God's sake, I don't need 
I don't God. need this. I really don't. Like, I'm, not, I'm at Port Vale. I'm not in an episode of Brookside here, for God's sake. It was, it, was, it was mental. It really was. It were absolutely crackers. If we ever get Tony Kelly in here, we've got to clip his impression You know what you could... You know what you could... One thing we're going to do one day with this podcast, you just, just put me and Tony Kelly in a room. Yeah. And you'll have about 20 episodes of podcasts. <laughs> yes. And all it's going to be, and like I say, I'll, I'll not do it now because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little taste now, right? Because back in the day, we used to play on the other station that, that we, we used to have. We used to play Tony Kelly Bingo. <laughs> if you actually heard us back in there, you'll know what that is. But I'll tell you more about that on the next podcast. That's something Ooh. to look forward to. Oh, lovely stuff, lovely yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty much... So just a reminder, you're going to be setting the talking teaser, Jim. No, it's Danny. Oh, Danny, Danny, there we go. He's, he's got memory loss already. I'm, I'm off. Yeah, Jeez. so you can get us on Facebook. Never face. trust a City fan, I'll tell you. Sorry about it. Let's just leave it as that. Yeah. Anyway, our social media, you can get us on facebook.com forward slash Talking Trotters. We are on Twitter. It's at Talking Trotters. Or you can email us at talkingtrotters at gmail.com. Or get us on the Instagram at talkingtrotstagram. Yeah. And that's pretty so much that. you can that. telephone us at 012144. Probably give it our number, eh? There's no one there to take your call. We'll get the DPI call. Even everything else, you know what I mean? I mean, I sit in seat <laughs> E72 at the, at the back row of the East stand. However you want it, if you want to talk to us in person, tweet us, email us, phone us. If you want a blood sample, we're all free. Well, this has been a class oh, podcast. Well, a big thank you, Chris, for joining yeah, us. Yeah, nice one, Chris. Absolutely. Anytime. And, uh, Anytime. Well, it's been a pleasure. And uh, incredibly, we, we've got to do this again next week, I think, and all, haven't we? Well, hey, hey, we'll, we'll have you back everywhere. again. Yeah, yeah, everywhere, yeah, definitely. Get him yeah. on again. Great well, stuff. You can catch... Chris in two weeks' time doing commentary on yeah. Bolton FM. Bolton FM, of course, where you can also find yeah, I, uh, me on Alternative Sport. Stanley 3, Bolton nil. Yeah. There we go. That's <laughs> prediction for that one. <laughs> if it does, I'm going to come and uh, buy you a pint if that's the way, if it finishes that. Because I'll be at the game, I'll come and buy you a pint. If it finishes 3 nil, I've got your, we've got your prediction, yeah. we've got it live. We're well, not going to live, but we've got it recorded, so we've got evidence. We've got evidence, yeah. There we are. And that, yeah, that, all that's uh, all that's on, Bolton, to be said is, uh, yeah, come on, Bolton for Saturday and... We'll see you later. Good night, Vienna. Bye-bye.